is there some Jewish history in the Thanksgiving narrative or Jewish concepts, I should say? How can we see Thanksgiving through that lens? Let's remember that the holiday we're celebrating was instituted by the forefathers of this nation, I think with Jewish roots and connections to Sukkot, but also to celebrate the idea of the equality of men and freedom. Welcome to A Jew and a Gentile Discuss. I'm your host, Carly Berna. And I'm Ezra Benjamin. We are a Jewish believer, which is Ezra, and a Gentile believer, which is myself, who both believe in Jesus and believe that God is doing something unique among the Jewish people around the world. Uh, We're usually here to inform you on matters affecting you in the Christian world, but today we're going to be talking about the connection between Jewish thought and Thanksgiving, which is actually my favorite holiday. Not Yom Kippur, not Rosh Hashanah, not Sukkot, but Thanksgiving. Not a Jewish holiday on the Jewish calendar, but that's what we're going to talk about today. So let's get right into it. So Christians and Jews both celebrate Thanksgiving. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, both of our upbringings of Thanksgiving before we talk about what this has to do with Jewish thought. For myself, I was raised in Wisconsin. Thanksgiving is very much a family, football, and food holiday. You know, we had we made a lot of pilgrim hats and little turkey hands growing up, and, and that was Thanksgiving. In Arizona, Thanksgiving was very similar for me, except we also did a turkey trot, which is a 5K run uh, to try to counteract all of the calories from eating the turkey. But really, my celebration of Thanksgiving really had nothing to do with the story of Thanksgiving. You know, I knew that the, the pilgrims and the Native Americans shared a feast together, Um, but it wasn't that I had this deep understanding of Thanksgiving. So tell me, Ezra, about your upbringing, how you celebrated Thanksgiving. Yeah, I didn't, you know, Carly, I didn't really have a deep understanding of Thanksgiving either. What I understood is this means it's a lot of food and a lot of pumpkin pie. And the most important part of the pumpkin pie growing up in upstate New York, I mean, this could have been true anywhere, but I grew up in in upstate, like way upstate, like near Niagara Falls upstate, not exciting uh, just up the Hudson River upstate. So up in way upstate New York, we would have pumpkin pie. And the best part of it was the hydrogenated, highly preserved, possibly toxic ready whip that came in the spray can. I mean, it really, it could have been hair product, but it wasn't. It was a dessert topping. And this was, my brother and I would fight over who got to drain the ready whip, ready whip container into our mouth. Like this was the thing. And growing up, my parents would be sitting in the in the other room and they would be talking with whoever was over for Thanksgiving. And uh, my brother and I would disappear along with the other kids and there would be laughing. And then all of a sudden it would go silent. And all my parents would hear was. And my mom would, of course, say, Ezra, are you spraying the ready whip? And I would say with a mouth full of hydrogenated oil. Rule. And some of it would kind of spill out. It, it was a disaster. And this was like, this was the Thanksgiving tradition uh, in in my family growing up was who could get more of the ready whip before the aerosol would run out and it was useless. So uh, that's what I remember about Thanksgiving. I know that was a very deep theological thought for our audience, um, but that's one of my most cherished memories. Knowing you now, I imagine that that's still part of your Thanksgiving. Uh, who's to say, who's to say, Carly, um, at least it has less hydrogenated oil now, but it's still delicious. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So tell us about, you know, what, what we all, we all know kind of 
the narrative of, of Thanksgiving having to do with the pilgrims, the Native Americans and the feast together and all of that. But when you think about uh, is there some Jewish history in the Thanksgiving narrative or Jewish concepts, I should say, how can we see Thanksgiving through that lens? Yeah, we're going to go into that. And I think in a way this is redemptive, right? Because when we were growing up, right, it was, it was, I mean, excuse the very political, now very politically incorrect terms, right? It was the pilgrims and it was the Indians. And everybody wanted to dress up like the pilgrim because it was a cooler outfit. Unless you were kind of walking on the wild side, then you wanted to dress up as the Indian because you could wear the feathers and the whole thing. And these were things that like in the late 80s, early 90s were perfectly okay. And now would lead to class action lawsuits and you can't do it anymore. And the story goes, right, that the pilgrims came over and it was a rough go, but they made friends with the Indians and there was this great harvest. And together, the pilgrims and the Indians sat down and had this feast and gave thanks for the abundance from heaven that they could celebrate and their unity around this Thanksgiving table. Now, what history tells us is that most likely it was a politically and possibly religiously motivated uh, colonialism that led to massive disease among the native communities. And did they ever sit down together? Uh, again, who's to say? So anyway, let's get to the to the Jewish roots of the holiday as they either do exist or might exist. And perhaps it can be redemptive. What we do know First of all, you know, Krista, in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. So one possible route of kind of the colonization, if you will, or the first settlement of the Americas was that Christopher Columbus, we understand his name to be actually in Spanish, Cristobal Colón. And one theory, I'm not going to say whether I agree or not, but I'll say it's certainly plausible, is why is Christopher Columbus sailing the ocean blue in 1492? Well, what else is happening in the Spanish Empire in 1492? Under Ferdinand and Isabel, the Spanish Inquisition is happening. And the Spanish Inquisition was, as we've seen uh, repeated in various parts of the world throughout history, this political and religiously motivated attempt to expel the Jewish community, either to annihilate within or expel without the Jewish community from a nation's borders. And so the Spanish Inquisition is happening around this time, and they're going around to people who are pretending to be Catholic, uh, as part of the, the Spanish Empire, but secretly of Jewish origins and saying, if you're really Jewish, we want you out of here. We either want you dead or we want you out of here. So is it possible that some of these ships going to, you know, kind of sail the spice route or find a way, you know, to India, the other direction, sailing to the Americas around 1492 contained Jewish people who uh, were kicked out of the Spanish Empire? It's certainly possible. Are we ever going to know? Mm. You know, there's lots of books on it. You can Google it and you're going to find any variety of replies. But that's one thing that's happening around the time that the Americas are settled. And then we fast forward a couple hundred years to the pilgrims coming over from uh, England and thereabouts. And one of the interesting things, Carly, about the pilgrims is that a number of these people and, you know, our audience has heard the term Puritans actually really were in touch with what we could call the Hebrew roots of their own Christian faith. Uh, super interested in the New Testament, super disenchanted with the politics of England. And a number of these settlers were coming to America, in essence, to kind of separate from uh, the Church of England as it existed at that time and reclaim the Hebrew roots of their faith. So lots of quotes from Old Testament scriptures, lots of recitation of Psalms, lots of kind of getting in touch with Jewish thought. Um, some people even thought that the Americas could be kind of the new Israel 
for Christians. And so the Puritans and other pilgrims are coming over, and there's this idea that we're we're sailing to a new promised land. We're escaping the the Egypt of England, and we're going to a promised land. And one of those uh, leaders from the settlement communities named uh, his last name was Bradford around 1620. Actually, upon the arrival of some of these pilgrims from England to the states, uh, exhorted the settlers to give thanks. And he actually quoted an ancient Hebrew rabbi named Maimonides. Uh, Maimonides, and that that's recorded in in a book called the Mishnah, which is rabbinical writings from ancient Judaism. And he quoted Rabbi Maimonides in and what the rabbi had said to Israel, and said, "We're commanded, just like the Israelites, to give thanks for safe arrival into this new land that we're meant to inherit." So there was this parallel among some of these settlers, the more Christian, the more religious groups between the children of Israel arriving in Canaan in the promised land after escaping Egypt or being delivered and the settlers arriving in the Americas on the Mayflower or whatever on the east coast of the, what would become the United States, having escaped the oppression and not quite slavery, but certainly the oppression of England at that time. So that's one of the parallels from sailing the ocean blue to crossing the Sinai Desert. Um, Another parallel I think it's important to, to mention at this point is the idea of Sukkot. And if you haven't listened to our Sukkot or Feast of Tabernacles uh, episode, we want to encourage you to do that to understand the idea of the Jewish holiday or Feast of Sukkot. But it's almost impossible, if we look carefully, to ignore the similarities between this holiday on the Jewish calendar, which happens depending on how the Jewish calendar aligns with the Gregorian, sometime between September and October every year, which celebrates a feast of ingathering and the abundance God has given us and is literally a seven-day feast where you're dwelling in booths outside your normal house, celebrating the provision and the abundance of God together in community. And Thanksgiving, which happens every November, same time kind of this fall calendar of Lots of vegetables, right? Pumpkin pie. You're celebrating the final part of the harvest, which in the United States is pumpkin and squash and everything before the snow falls. And you're getting together in community, celebrating provision, protection, and abundance. I think uh, some people may disagree about the settlers and whether they had the idea of Sukkot as they saw it in the scriptures in mind um, as Thanksgiving became a thing and as they settled the Americas. But I think there's a very clear link between Sukkot and Thanksgiving. And then the last thing, I think super redemptive, especially, you know, we're recording this in 2020, uh, so much racial and political division in the United States, such a difficult topic. Some people aren't even talking about it at all. But I do want to point out that uh, the first president of the U.S., President Washington, declared a day of Thanksgiving to celebrate the signing of the Constitution which says, and this is something, you know, we, we, we get to travel, you know, serving Jewish communities, Carly, we travel all around the world. And I'm still uh, so grateful that we live in a country with a constitution that really believes, that really believes we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and are endued with certain rights, unalienable rights, rights which cannot be taken away of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We live in a country that though we struggle with how to represent that and where we've fallen short of that ideal, really believes that because a lot of the world doesn't. 
And so Thanksgiving was instituted hundreds of years ago by President Washington and then was reaffirmed right at the end of the Civil War by Abraham Lincoln, believe it or not. How do we get Thanksgiving in November? Abraham Lincoln said, we are going to have a national day of thanks to celebrate two things. One, to celebrate the ending of the Civil War and kind of the reunification of these United States. And secondly, to commemorate the end of slavery in America. So maybe you didn't know that. I didn't know that until I did some more research as an adult. Thanksgiving was instituted by Abraham Lincoln, at least in large part, as a commemoration of the going free of the slaves who lived in America, according to the idea, the constitutional promise that all men truly are created equal. So if nothing else, with everything with COVID and however the election is going to turn out and all the things we have to be worried and concerned and, or annoyed about this year, let's remember that the holiday we're selling, celebrating uh, was instituted by the forefathers of this nation, I think with Jewish roots and connections to Sukkot, but also to celebrate the idea of the equality of men and freedom, God-given freedom. So if nothing else, that's a reason to give thanks. Yeah, that's very redemptive. I didn't know that about Abraham Lincoln either, but in this in this year specifically, with all of uh, you know the racial injustice and all of that going on, um, something we we should be thinking about. Uh, and also interesting about all of the different Jewish concepts and Jewish thought that can be weaved through Thanksgiving that you just uh, explained, like who knew if Christopher Columbus was Jewish um, and paralleling it with Sukkot. And then, of course, you know, being thankful for for food, which is, again, like you always say, basically the theme of every Jewish holiday. Um, so before we talk about what does that mean now, if Thanksgiving really has a Jewish background, what, what does that mean to me as in a Christian or a Jewish believer? Um, we're going to get to that in just a minute. But before we do that, uh, we want to talk about an opportunity that we have uh, that we talk about on all of our podcasts. Uh, and probably at Ezra's household, he drinks coffee right at the end of his Thanksgiving feast. I just imagine it's the the nightcap to the Thanksgiving feast. But the opportunity we have is uh, we have something called Lost Tribes Coffee Co. It's a way that you can support Israel and the Jewish people. Um, we source the coffee from Ethiopia, which is one of the countries that we go to to share the gospel to Jewish with Jewish believers. Um, and also, if you're not, if you don't drink coffee, um, still go to our website, a Jew and a Gentile discuss.org. Uh, there's great information about who the lost tribes are, uh, where this coffee is coming from and learn more about the work that we do. So if you're like, ah, I'm not really interested in buying the coffee yet, go to the website, learn more about what we do, get, get involved, be engaged with what we're doing. Um, if by reading that you want to support us and be engaged, then you can become a monthly partner with us and receive the coffee as often as you'd like. Um, it's just a way that you can get engaged with us uh, and be connected to what we're doing uh, and consume coffee every day. Back to uh, Thanksgiving. So if Thanksgiving has a Jewish background or some Jewish concepts like you're explaining, what does that mean for us now? Yeah, you know, people may disagree. Look, I kind of see the connection between Sukkot and Thanksgiving. That's a stretch. Who knows about Christopher Columbus? Who knows about the Pilgrim's faith? Fine, granted, uh, we can go there. What I do want to carry forward is this: there's this idea in Jewish thought of remaining thankful to God. So 
uh, and I, I know that's true in, in, in Christian thinking as well, right? Not just, not just a, this would be good for the soul kind of thing, or it's good once a year to stop and give thanks and say, I like, you know, I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for that. Now back to the Turkey and, uh, you know, box wine. Uh, but it, it's this idea that not just on Thanksgiving, but let Thanksgiving spur us on every day to remember that we're actually commanded to give thanks. Like, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His mercy endures forever. And interestingly, this is kind of a play on words, but the word for turkey in modern Hebrew is, this is, you know, you're going to laugh. If you're driving, maybe pull over. It's chicken of India, which, how do we get that name? Who knows? Turkeys are originally from Mexico. Anyway, just go with it. Chicken of India. But the word for India is also the word in Hebrew for give thanks. So if you want to say give thanks to the Lord, his mercy endures forever, you say, Hodu la Adonai kitov, for he is good, his mercy endures forever. Ki leolam chasto, his loving kindness endures forever. So buried within the modern Hebrew word for turkey or chicken of India, you could also interpret it chicken, give thanks. Uh, a little bit ridiculous. Anybody who knows modern Hebrew is rolling their eyes listening to this right now, but I want to say technically it's in there. So deal with it. I have the mic and you don't. So chicken, give thanks. Anyway, this Jewish concept of of an exhortation to give thanks to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord because he's brought us from point A to point B. And while we're still on a journey, we're not where we began. Um, Important to remember that. And I think, Carly, again, especially with what's happening these days, you know, the elections happening, it's going to come out either the way we wanted it to or the way we didn't want, depending on our political views and our preferences, or maybe no result of the U.S. election this year is the way we wanted it to be. Uh, more on that another another time, depending on where people come out on that. But um, regardless of that, the, the question is, can we find something in our hearts and our lives to give thanks for? I've found in my own life, Thanksgiving begets Thanksgiving. And complaining, or as my grandma would say in Yiddish, kvetching, uh, begets more complaining and kvetching. And the question is, what's the attitude of my heart? That's the Jewish concept. It's also the Christian concept. I think we can agree on that as Jewish and Gentile believers, is, is the posture of my heart thanksgiving to God for everything he's done and everything I believe he has yet to do in my life and in the lives of those I love and in the world? Or is it this kind of laundry list of all the things I'm not satisfied with? And so it's this, it's this commandment to give thanks, but it's also the discipline of giving thanks. That is, of course, you know, we can say originally a Jewish concept, but it's certainly not something the Jewish people hold in exclusivity. And, you know, we kind of joke, uh, what does it mean to be Jewish? Well, it means, you know, you send everything back at the restaurant because it wasn't good. And we complain about this and we kvetch about that. And, you know, we kind of laugh about that. And it is a joke in my household, you know, it's, uh, how good of a Jew are you? Well, how long can you complain? And we laugh, but at the same time, in a way, it's kind of a departure from the Lord, from what the Lord meant for our people, right? We're supposed to be a people of thanksgiving, give thanks to the Lord for his goodness, mercy endures forever. And so my exhortation for us is, uh, thanksgiving is a very Jewish thought, or at least it should be, and we should reclaim it. And as Jewish believers in Jesus, ultimately we, we can give thanks on any day, on our worst day, we can give thanks for right standing, forgiveness, and redemption to God through Jesus, through Yeshua. Yeah, I think the position of our heart is a very important thing, not just on Thanksgiving, but any time. 
And Thanksgiving is, of course, biblical. You just mentioned a couple of verses, but Psalm 100, enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise, give thanks to him and praise his name. And 1 Thessalonians 5, rejoice always, pray with ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in, in Jesus for you. And, you know, lots of times we say, what's the will of God? Well, he's saying, give thanks. So, you know, our encouragement to you this Thanksgiving is think about the position of your heart. Think about the things you're thankful for. Um, and in the midst of this terrible year of coronavirus and racial injustice and political upheaval, we can really thank God for allowing us to survive, continuing to be here and all of the good things that he um, is doing in our lives. So I would say our encouragement is, you know, think about your life through that filter um, and and give thanks. Think about these different thoughts that we've talked about today. Uh, so, Ezra, just should I be telling people now Thanksgiving is a Jewish holiday? Uh, maybe not unless you want wide eyes and a smaller slice of pumpkin pie because people think you're already on a sugar rush or, or whatever. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that. I think you could say Thanksgiving very likely has some Jewish roots or at least the first Thanksgivings and this idea built into American culture, which is a Judeo-Christian culture, this idea of giving thanks. Giving thanks is a good thing to do. It's a way to unify us. It's a way to remember where we've been and to look with expectancy at where we're going. And that was the vision of the founders of this country. Look at where we came from. We believe there is a God in heaven who created us equal and he's taking us somewhere and it's somewhere good. And, you know, there's a prayer, just kind of parting thought from me, Carly, as we as we're wrapping up here. There's a prayer you say on on many Jewish holidays and you could say it on Thanksgiving, too. And I won't uh, bore everyone with the Hebrew, but in English, it's blessed are you, O Lord, our God, king of the universe, who has kept us alive and sustained us and brought us to this special time. And so I think this Thanksgiving, we can say that in the midst of a worldwide pandemic, we can say, you know, bless the Lord. We give thanks to God who literally has kept us alive and he sustained us and he's brought us to this special time. And uh, that's I'm, I'm you know, speaking to myself here, but I want that to be the attitude of my heart this Thanksgiving day before all the ready whip, before the overeating, before the turkey coma, uh, before the kvetching about all the things going on in the world that I don't like. Uh, with my Jewish family, uh, I want to give thanks and praise God, keeping me alive, sustaining me, bringing me to this special time. So, yeah, I think we, we all need to hear that this year. Good. So hopefully that was, um, just a quick little summary of Jewish thought about Thanksgiving. Uh, we're going to talk about our favorite Thanksgiving traditions in just a couple minutes, but I just wanted to remind you, um, that we have this opportunity that you can partner with us and receive the Lost Tribes coffee uh it would be a great conversation starter at thanksgiving or with other people you know who are the lost tribes what is jewish ministry in ethiopia where is this coffee from etc um whether it's you know at a family gathering or just with friends plus the coffee tastes great check out our coffee tasting video online where we taste it against other uh popular coffee brands but to learn more about that you can go to a jew and a gentile discuss.org so, Ezra, you know, besides the ready whip, yeah. which I wouldn't call a tradition, what is your favorite Thanksgiving tradition? And then I'll share mine as well. Yeah, you know, I think, and this has kind of evolved over the decades, but um, as early as I can remember Thanksgiving, you know, being a good New Yorker, even though not a New York City-er, but a New York Stater, 
uh, we watched the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And that was the thing. You know, you would start to smell the stuffing cooking in the house and whatever else was going on in the kitchen, which I was not involved in as a kid until it was ready to consume. But uh, watching the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And sometimes it was bitterly cold and sometimes the floats would explode and, you know, whatever. It was like this comedy of errors. But it's just sort of that comfort thing. Uh, watching that parade. And so I try to sneak in a few minutes of it even uh, these days when I can. So that's mine. What about you? Uh, well, I, you know, since I was 10, I've lived in Arizona most of the years. And there actually is a Thanksgiving Day parade in Arizona. It's the only Thanksgiving Day parade this side of the Mississippi, or at least that's what we say. Um, so all of these people from Arizona come to it. So like I mentioned earlier, we do a 5K turkey trot and then everyone goes to the Thanksgiving Day Parade. And it's like a, ga a regathering of all people you knew in high school and like friends and family you haven't seen for years. You can just kind of walk down the streets and recognize people that you haven't seen. Plus, there's all sorts of floats and stuff, um, you know, bands and all, just like the Macy's Day Parade, but, you know, about 10 percent of the of the quality and quantity of people. Um, so that's my favorite tradition. It's just something fun to look forward to when I always get reconnected to people that I haven't talked to in, in years. Thanks again for listening today. Um, if you want to hear more episodes from our podcast, subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcast. We'd also love if you leave us a review or share this podcast with someone you know. You can follow us on social media at the handle A Jew and a Gentile Discuss. If there's anything you want to have us talk about or questions you have for us, you can submit questions at ajewandagentiledisgust.org. Um, thanks again for listening today. Happy Thanksgiving to those who are listening. Join us next week for another episode. The show is a production of Jewish Voice Ministries International.